Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers, and welcome to issue 4145 of the Bugle. It's the 20th of March in the year 1CV, <laughs> or 2020 in old money. I am Andy Zaltzman. The Bugle this week comes to you from not the recording studio where we usually record, but from within my virus-proof shed. I am huddling in my World War II Anderson shelter. I'm surrounded by a 15 metre wide moat, apologies to the next door neighbours and indeed to the rest of my family <laughs> who are currently standing neck deep in water in what was our living room. But viruses can't swim, so a moat is a very good mechanism against them. Current World Health Organisation advice is of course just a 6 metre moat but I want to be on the safe side. And please if you're doing this at home, as the old castle designer mantra goes, don't forget your drawbridge. Joining me by the wonders of the internet. From the other side of the planet, Tom Ballard. Hello, Andy. Hello, Buglers. If I could just plug my Edinburgh dates, that'd be great. The show's called Grandiloquent. <laughs> it's on at 9pm at the Monkey Barrel. It's a nice enclosed space. It fits about 100 people. Should be a really great show. Um, tickets are on sale now, so please get involved and snap them up before they all go. <laughs> uh, what year? Uh, in 2020, of course. Why? What have you heard? <laughs> And um, joining me from about two miles up the road in South London, <laughs> which is as close as I ever want to physically be to him, uh, it's Nish Kumar. <laughs> hello, Andy. Hello, Tom. Hello, Buglers. Yep, we are in the bunkers. <laughs> yep. Uh, also joining us uh, from his attic, it's Chris. Hello, Chris. Uh, good morning and good evening, everybody. I hope you're well. Right. I mean, what, 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 what wondrous technology to have a four-cornered podcast <laughs> um, in this age of devastation. It's, it's great to know that essential workers are still able to do their jobs, <laughs> well, Andy. It, it, and I'm talking emergency services. I'm talking <laughs> delivery drivers. And I'm talking podcasters. <laughs> Well, we are the oil that lubricates the wheels of history. Exactly. That is what I'm going to tell my children's school when I turn up on Monday <laughs> with my kids, saying I am essential to the functioning of the economy. <laughs> uh, apologies, buglers, if the quality of the writing this week is a little below uh, normal levels. As you know, my script is written by an infinite number of monkeys with an infinite number of papyrus scrolls and a special infinitely big aircraft and primate hangar, but due to current coronavirus distancing advice those monkeys are having to sit two meters apart rather than 40 <laughs> centimeters apart so i have a smaller talent pool of just 20 percent of an infinite number of monkeys <laughs> we are recording on the 20th of march uh, on this day in the year who am i kidding none of history counts anymore, uh, but, oh, I might, might as well delve into it anyway in the year 235, on this day, Maximinus Thrax became Roman Emperor, the first emperor to be named after a sexually transmitted disease. Uh, Thrax was <laughs> swiftly followed in the year 251 by Trebonianus Gallus, very painful condition, and in 275 by Ulpia Severina and Florianus, and of course later in the year 332 by Papilloma virus, of course, uh, terrific emperor. Uh, on this day in 43 BC... Uh, the birth of the Roman poet Ovid, uh, although his full name was Aronavirus. <laughs> and that is 
the second and final of my Ovid jokes <laughs> that, that I will be doing. I'm worried that this isolation is going to drive your references to new heights of obscurity. Well, I mean, it's it's quite. But I mean, that is, I did, you know, obviously, I did I did do a, a degree that encompassed Latin literature, but that that is the last Ovid gag. I promise. One was plenty. Two is Virgil on the ridiculous. Um, it, <laughs> Andy, oh, please, even, the honest. people are suffering enough. Let the puns die <laughs> yeah, with the again. elderly, please. So, I have to say, Tom, I'm actually reassured by this. It's a sign that the British state is still functioning, that Andy Zaltzman is still making puns based on his largely useless degree. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is turning into a Horace story. Uh, but, but, you know, the ancients oh. had big diseases too, so we can learn from them. They could tell us a lot about how to deal with it. Um, and uh, it sounds like we're pretty close to martial law being imposed. I digress. Monday will be the 23rd of March, uh, on which day in the year 1775 Patrick Henry delivered his famous speech, Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death, uh, in the St John's Episcopal Church in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, That is now being updated under coronavirus restrictions to Give Me Liberty and I Might Give Other People Death, (laughs) uh, or my version, Give Me Liberty or Give Me Televised Sport. I can live without one or the other, but I can't live without both. (laughs) As long as the one of the one or the other... Is televised live sport, Andy. Andy, I, I, I released the virus. It was me to stop cricket. It was me. It was me the whole time, and I don't regret it as it all. It was all me. Right, Ballard. All joking aside, if it turns out this was you and it was to stop cricket, Andy will. <laughs> yeah, I can't argue. If with you that. can get to me, and t- you can't. There's a travel van. We've just closed all borders in Australia. Good luck, motherfuckers. <laughs> I'll, I'll get away with it on grounds of diminished responsibility, on the grounds that I've conducted my entire adult life with diminished responsibility. <laughs> uh, as always, how are you coping? How are you coping without sport, Andy? That niche. was actually one of the, the the first two things I thought when I heard about the isolation. Were oh my god, I hope my elderly grandmother is okay. And then I thought, oh my god, I hope my other elderly grandmother, aka Andy Zoltan, <laughs> is okay without cricket. Um. <laughs> Well, look, it's, I'm, not... I, I'm thinking of signing up a volunteer service where I deliver old DVDs of previous Cricket World Cups right. to vulnerable pensioners and Andy. <laughs> Nish, I already have those DVDs. Uh, yeah, think, think of the pensioners first. <laughs> um, it's, it's very, there's only so many imaginary test matches between the uh, 1932-33 England side and the 1980s West Indians that you can play before it starts to... Really hit home what you're missing. Anyway, as always, <laughs> a section of the Bugle is going straight in the bin. This week, a culture section. Now, the coronavirus has had a truly devastating impact on uh, culture, as we all know as freelance comedians. The lives and livelihoods of many of our friends and colleagues in the creative and performance world are currently in a state of total collapse, uh, the venues that host us and their staff. But it's not all bad, because on the plus side, alongside the cancellation of so many small, medium, large and massive gigs and festivals, including, uh, regrettably, the Bugle live show in Norwich, which is no longer happening, uh, but on the plus side... Alongside the really great things that aren't happening, some really shit things are also now not going to be performed. So we have here yeah, special things we will not be missing section that have now been cancelled, including Pence Sings Cobain, the uh, scheduled 
50-date Vegas residency for the vice president with his Christianity-infused reinterpretations of the hits of Nirvana. Uh, Gove the musical, that's off. Um, the new um, stand-up show from the hit outright character act provocateur, No Offence, uh, entitled Melt on My Ball Snowflakes. Uh, that's off, although, uh, Mr Fence has pledged to do an online version of the show where he Skype calls sensitive millennials and tells them everything they think is wrong. Um... <laughs> exhibitions are off. The Art of the Ballcock, that's off. Uh, an exhibition charting the evolution of the design of toilet ballcocks. I assume that's what it is anyway. Uh, although, looking again, the exhibition catalogue has an extreme close-up of uh, Michelangelo. I think I might have got that one wrong. Uh, and the Love Guru, the Love Guru 2, uh, off. Uh, and uh, Which I, I'm obviously furious about, because I'd actually been tapped up to star in oh, the no! Love Guru 2. <laughs> They were going in a more uh, ethnically authentic direction for the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> also in the bin, a special supplement, Symptoms of CVRH, which is coronavirus-related hypochondria, um, uh, including, because I think a lot of us are suffering from this, uh, including feeling a slight twinge in the knee or hamstring and thinking, was that on the list of symptoms? Uh, not sleeping very well, uh, also on the list of uh, coronavirus-related hypochondria symptoms. Uh, standing in a food shop thinking, have I got enough pasta to last the week? And then buying 56 cans of chickpeas, a 20-litre canister of elderflower cordial, 200 copies of the Financial Times so you can wipe your backside and satirise the global economy simultaneously, mm. a rubber dinghy just in case, <laughs> 10 more cans of chickpeas and a pump-action water pistol. And also another symptom of the hypochondria is hearing someone slightly cough on public transport, then leaping to your feet, pointing at them and screaming, die, infidel, die. <laughs> Um, those sections in the bin uh, top story this week um, the uh, impending cancellation of the county championship cricket season uh, oh, God. Um, uh, clearly the virus is uh, well as we've said wreaking all manner of different uh, levels of devastation uh, around the world it has so far officially infected less than a half of a hundredth of a percent of the world's population uh, but it has affected the entire hive mind of humanity which has been shuddered to its foundations the global economy has panic bought toilet roll and then shat its pants before it could even get to the can <laughs> fair play to this virus it's a maverick but it is getting some serious results um Nish, Tom, how, how, are you, uh, how are you coping with these unprecedented times? Oh, God. I Remember Brexit, everybody? Remember that? Remember how we thought <laughs> Brexit was going to be what this Happy is times. now? That was good times. Um, I'm not too worried. I'm gay, so I have heaps of diseases. And my people invented gonorrhea. <laughs> my arsehole is ground zero. So some people like... <laughs> Andy Saltzman <laughs> often decried us as disgusting. Ballard, I'll thank you to not plug your merch on this podcast. Your t-shirts that say my arsehole is ground zero, we all know, are available on your website. But let's try right. and crack on with the satire. Not plugging here, anything right. with this social distancing, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but I'm furious. Family show. I'm furious, Andy. I've been saying for years, if we were allowed to eat bats as children, none of this would have happened. But the PC nanny state are always telling us, no, no, wash your hands, don't eat the head off bats, and now look at the situation. <laughs> yep. Well, it's, you know, it's that, that's the, the typical PC brigade, isn't it? Not eating bats. You said it. Uh, Nish, uh, how, has, uh, how has your existence uh, changed? 
Well, uh, Andy, I'm uh, I'm I'm housebound, and uh, I'm I, I, to be completely honest with you. If I wasn't watching the news, there is a good chance I wouldn't have noticed <laughs> that this was happening uh, because. Uh, certainly like uh, like you two, I'm a self-employed stand-up comedian and uh, it's not been the lifestyle adjustment it has for many people. Uh, most of us spend most of our days making a sandwich to interrupt our daily schedule of rigorous <laughs> masturbation. So, I mean, if anything, the switch has been for people like Chris who actually have jobs to go to. <laughs> I, I have been experimenting due to the fact that there are a lot of restaurants around me are closing. I've been... Uh, experimenting with uh, it's this thing it's i think it's a swedish art form called a cooking uh, i think that's an umlaut over the u it's a, sort of like you set a restaurant up essentially in Whoa. your own kitchen and prepare the food yourself right and then serve it yourself you can do a character of a white stuff as i have been doing hello nick cooper nice to see you look it's uh, there's not there's nothing else really going on in the world at the moment i mean i did read this morning that uh, apparently today as we record the 20th of march is the international day of happiness <laughs> and uh, let me speak for the entire population of the world when i tell that title to go ram itself <laughs> the primary concern is none of us are in the uk are officially um under any sort of uh we're not under any sort of lockdown officially in the united kingdom and uh that's uh, for one reason and that reason is our government is a f***ing waste of f***ing space but we are being strongly encouraged uh, to not leave our homes and um it's been look this is a global pandemic and it's there's no precedent for this. Really, we have to reach back to the Spanish flu uh, a century ago for any sort of precedent. And what you want at this time is sound leadership. What you need is a steady hand on the tiller. Unfortunately, in this country, we have Boris Johnson uh, and uh, every one of his uh, now daily press briefings. He has looked like uh, a baby that's been thrown in the deep end of a swimming pool or indeed me during any sex. And that is wildly, wildly out of his depth. (laughs) Well, Nish, I mean, I I think that's a little bit harsh. I think Boris Johnson has done a pretty good job albeit only on the scale of how would the worst possible Prime Minister you could possibly have at a time like this do his job? I feel like we're trapped in a philosophy experiment. Like, I feel like we're all in some sort of weird hypothetical scenario being posed by some crazy f***ing lecturer about what would happen if you left the least qualified man in charge of the worst possible scenario. (laughs) And especially, I mean, with his counterpart in America, it really is like... I mean, it's like your house has sprung a catastrophic leak and you call for the Mario Brothers and end up with Dumb and Dumber. (laughs) I think he's been doing okay. In his daily press conference, Johnson said, we've always said we're going to do the right measures at the right time, which is better than doing the right measures at the wrong time, the wrong measures at the right time, or doing anything that Italy did at any time. So you're ahead of that. And at a cabinet meeting earlier, he said, uh, we are engaged in a war against the disease which, with, which, with which we have to win. Now, just a quick tally on the UK's track record of wars in the 21st century, Andy. Let's count them up. War in Afghanistan recently ended in a truce with the Taliban, so I'd say that's a loss. <laughs> war in Iraq, I'd say, uh, the war on 
Terror generally not <laughs> yeah. so great. The war on Christmas has been going quite well. Christmas may be cancelled this year. I feel like that a lot of that credit needs to go to coronavirus. So I suppose the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I'm going to call that a draw. Still not looking that great. <laughs> well, when war, war it's an interesting angle on this. It's been been described in very military terms. What, what does what? But what does war mean essentially? What war means is subsequent films, and there are going to be <laughs> some. There's going to have to be some classic. Hollywood rewritings of history to make this more visually appealing as US Marines hunt down <laughs> giant flesh-eating virus monsters through the mountains of Iran. It's what, a- and, they, and Saving Private Ryan culminates in them finding Matt Damon in, a, in the middle of a coughing fit somewhere in Normandy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the government's response here, as you said, Nish, is slightly curious. Basically told everyone in London... Uh, don't go to pubs, restaurants, bars and clubs. But also saying to the bars, restaurant, bars and clubs, don't worry, guys, you can stay open. (laughs) You can stay open. It'll make no difference to you apart from the total lack of customers. (laughs) But just use imaginary customers. It'd just be the same. All you need to do is pretend your customers are there, Serve them their food. You can even, you know, pep up your menu with some stuff that real people wouldn't order, but, you know, imaginary people might. And then just pretend that they've left all their food as wasteful millennials and then run out of the restaurant without paying. I mean, it's not really that different, is it? (laughs) Yeah, well, that's absolutely right. The government has encouraged people to not go to bars and restaurants, but not told the bars and restaurants they have to close. The government has encouraged everyone that is able to work from home or can stay at home to not go into work. But it hasn't provided any sort of financial subsidy, something like uh, a service to provide money to people so that they can pay their rent or something akin to a universal basic income. And the reason it hasn't done that, Andy, is both of those things would be communism. And I (laughs) did not personally dick slap Adolf Hitler to death for this country to fall victim to communism. I would rather die of coronavirus than have anything approaching a vaguely sensible or compassionate economic system in place. <laughs> guys, guys, I'm, I'm also, just uh, uh, sorry, sorry, Andy. I've just got a bit of breaking news here. Word has just come through that all four of Charlie from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory's grandparents have been confirmed deceased from coronavirus. <laughs> they were disgustingly irresponsible. They refused to leave that bed and not practice social distancing. The entire Chocolate Factory has had to be put into quarantine, and many Oompa Loompas are facing deportation. So that's just an update I've received. <laughs> pretty it sounds like it's pretty grim news over there, guys. Uh, some further breaking news. Wednesdays and Thursdays are to merge for the next three months at least. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the world truly is changing changing by the minute. Um, I mean, it, it is... And I, I should say, you know, apologies if you're one of the million or so people who've died in the past week from non-coronavirus causes. But, I mean, we are focusing on corona because it is proving to be, frankly, a right old... Now we've seen industries eviscerated, livelihoods, careers, hopes, certainties, even beloved exams abruptly snatched away uh, from people. And the virus itself is still really refusing to negotiate. It remains unclear what its demands are, whether we can reach some kind of treaty arrangement like we have with other diseases, whereby they're still allowed to afflict humanity, but with certain restrictions to facilitate the smooth running of our world-renowned planet. So, and 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 you know the social side effects it's led to. As always happens, vigilante attacks on innocent, unrelated bacteria who are really copying it from association with the the virus. And in Britain, the schools are shutting down. Today is the last day of school. As we record, my children 
are enjoying uh, their last day of school for X months, where X is an as-yet-undefined number between one and a million. Um, <laughs> we're seeing retired medical professionals coax back to... Uh, so the hospitals and the care homes of the government whispering in their ears, go on, old-timer, one more shot at the big time. So homeschooling, <laughs> I'm going to have to start homeschooling on Monday. Now, you oh, guys have Christ. both met me, and you I think, both met my children. <laughs> I don't, I'm not up to this. I'm absolutely not up to this in any way. I've uh, started planning. Andy, I think, we've, uh, I think we might have told this story before, but the only single piece of information I've ever seen you <laughs> technically impart onto your children was that time in Edinburgh when we did a live bugle and your son was in the audience and afterwards he came up to both of us and said, ah, now I know what the scene word is. <laughs> and then he left a pause for dramatic intent and then said... <laughs> so I, your children are about to get a very interesting education in what I imagine will be a variety of creative obscenities and obscure cricket stats. I'm not worried about your children. Well, I'm worried about you, Andy. I think you're going to be bullied relentlessly. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, I've got about an eight-week module on the history of Test cricket, 1877 to 1899. But, but then what? I'm, I'm sure many bugles will be in the same position. I've, I've plotted out some essay titles that you could set for your children, uh, including um, Why Were Schools Invented? Please explore the dangers to family relationships of being cooped up inside your own house, telling your children how the world works. Uh, also, this, this essay, in the light of the coronavirus outbreak, outlined the reasons that, as a species, humanity left its entire social structure, health systems and economic stability epically vulnerable to a sudden outbreak of a medium-level disease. And uh, what well, a curriculum for teenagers. Yeah, my, my daughter's entering, uh, well, she just entered her teenage years, uh, including advanced slouching, uncommunication skills and CAS, uh, which is short for cynicism and snark. So, um... <laughs> Interesting, uh, interesting time. In America, as you said, Donald Trump has <laughs> responded to this crisis exactly how you would have expected him <laughs> to respond to the crisis, with a mixture of uh, delusion, uh, arrogance, and more arrogant delusion. Uh, he tested negative for the virus, despite having been in close proximity with some people who have contracted it, which is evidence that even the virus has some limits on what it's prepared to do to achieve its goals. No way... Not if he was the last man on earth. Um, he's made some extraordinary claims. The man's bloodstream is basically hamburgers. There's no actual active thing for the virus to infect. The guy's internal organs is essentially a massive happy meal. He's made some Which incidentally is what is how he refers to his penis. <laughs> He's made some extraordinary claims uh, in these bizarre kind of freewheeling press conferences that he likes to give. Uh, he claimed uh, that uh, he can cure viruses just by growling at them. Uh, he's uh, suggested that victims try offering the virus money to leave their bodies. He's also suggested that viruses like to eat things like cookies, haggis or milkshakes and that you should feed up the virus so it gets big and fat, thus becoming easier to see and uh, swat with a ping-pong bat. Uh, he's claimed credit for saving millions of American lives by not deploy, uh, deploying the entirety of the US nuclear arsenal on American cities, which I guess you can't, claim, uh, can't argue with that Trumpian logic. And he's now claimed that the virus <laughs> can be expunged from your body if you stand on your head with your mouth open and get a friend, colleague, loved one or police officer to whack the soles of your feet repeatedly with a baseball bat, thus knocking the virus down your body and out of your <laughs> face. So... <laughs> you know, he... 
on March the 5th, he said, I never said that people that are feeling sick should go to work. Uh, a statement sadly contradicted by something he said on March the 4th, which was, if we have thousands of people that get better just by, you know, sitting around and even by going to work, some of them go to work, but they get better. <laughs> that man is not able to keep his story straight for 24 hours. And Trump has been on a real journey with coronavirus. And like all Trump journeys, it started with incompetence and ended in racism. Uh, he's re- continually referring to the virus as the Chinese virus, even uh, according to some screen grabs and photos that some journalists obtained of one of his speeches going as far as changing it in pen Ugh. on the speech to, from coronavirus to the Chinese virus. And listen, right... He, the virus is being blamed by racists, including the US president, on the Chinese. And as I sit here, a brown man talking to a gay man and a Jewish man, I think we can all agree we have really <laughs> done the bullet here. We are from three groups that are very much used to being blamed for, in our respective cases, again, brown, gay, Jewish, me, all terrorism, Tom, major weather events, Andy, everything. We are all used to being blamed and I personally on behalf of all of our various demographic groups would like to thank the Chinese for jumping on this hand grenade hey my people got blamed for a disease they made a film about it called Philadelphia starring Tom f***ing Hanks and now he's got the (laughs) he's got the f***ing Chinese disease quote unquote quoting the president there so that's legitimate (laughs) yeah listen Tom Hanks his method acting has gone too far and the preparation for this Philadelphia <laughs> sequel is, I think, even uh, Daniel Day-Lewis would deem excessive. <laughs> um, elsewhere in America, uh, Senator Kelly Loeffler, who's a uh, senator from Georgia, uh, tweeted that the consumer is strong, the economy is strong, and jobs are growing, which puts us in the best economic position to tackle COVID-19 and keep America safe. Really, really strong sentiment there. Um, slightly undercut by the fact that uh, various newspapers are now reporting that Senator Kelly Loeffler dumped millions in stock after a coronavirus <laughs> briefing. <laughs> and I think the one thing that's reassuring me at the moment in this world is that as much as things are changing and our lives feel unrecognisable from what they felt like even a week ago, <laughs> still be <laughs> Still be you're worried about c***ing? Oh, they're c***ing. The c***ery will never c***ing stop. <laughs> uh, very poetic, Nishan. In fact, uh, BBC Radio 4 this morning had a poetry reading by actor Christopher Eccleston. Uh, the Bugle is uh, also jumping aboard the poetry train in these difficult times with a special poem commissioned from our new in-house bard, Gannicus Straffage, who will be entertaining and enlightening us over the coming weeks and months with his versic concoctions. Uh, Gannicus, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Andy, for having me. Uh, my poem today is entitled Contagia. There once was a virus called Corona, which gave Donald Trump a big color. He said, bring me a bucket full of virus. I'll f- because I am an irretrievable Gannicus, thank you very much. Moving, elegant, pertinent, and with an interesting twist on the traditional form. Uh, you can buy Gannicus Straffage's latest collection of poetry, Globules of Brain Gravy and a Puddle of Despair, from all known retailers everywhere. Oh. 
<laughs> um, cooking in isolation is uh, is well, Nish, as you you touched on uh, earlier on, a, a lot of people aren't, aren't really used to, to to doing this. That we've seen a lot of people. Uh, I don't not so sure, sure it's panic buying as much as crippling sense of uncertainty and low level existential dread buying. But you know, it's but, you know, potato. <laughs> Potato, uh, I, I guess, but um, a lot of people, you know, if you if you've missed the panic buying and have empty cupboards uh, or aren't used to uh, to cooking yourselves, you need some assistance. And um, well, luckily, friend of the show, Scluton Malvane has provided us with some lockdown <laughs> recipes for people who failed to get to the shops before everything had been uh, preemptively panic hoarded. Um, some delicious cordon bleu brasserie style Michelin starry recipes made with just the ordinary bits and bits and bobs you have lying around your house. Or flat or underground lair, wherever you currently li- live. I'm not uh, judging you. Uh, these uh, a couple of recipes to get you started with uh, from uh, Scluton. Uh, slow braised spare cushions snuggled in a spider's web envelope uh, with multiply boiled batons of savon de chambre d'hôtel. That's soap nicked from hotel rooms, but you should say it in French. It <laughs> Served with a seasoned Tolstoy millefeuille. Uh, which is an old, unread copy of War and Peace. Uh, if that doesn't take your fancy, you can try freshly snipped trimmings of haunch of curtain. That's anything from your curtain, which is below the window line. Marinated in a casserole sampler of oxidated duo of moleculated hydrogens. That's a bowl of water. Served on a bed of classical tagliatelle magnetique, which is tape from old cassettes of Mozart. Uh, and for dessert, apple memories. <laughs> It is a shame that, uh, particularly in Britain and America, the our governments have not provided us with any sort of leadership uh, in these kind of difficult times. Um, and there are, you know, there are sort of GoFundMe pages uh, springing up constantly. And basically, it does seem like the government is adopting the Bob Geldof economic model, uh, hoping basically that charity jumps into the sector where the state should actually be residing. And the, the, the WHO guidelines, again, are basically just wash your hands frequently, which I do have to pick people up. How infrequently were you people not washing your f***ing hands? <laughs> Some of us in the obsessive and, let's face it, Asian <laughs> communities have been obsessively washing our... I swear to God, there are older Asian people that have not had to change their behaviours whatsoever. Several of my elderly relatives have been obsessively bleaching their belongings and indeed themselves and maintaining a healthy social distance from anyone for the last 25 to 30 years. You've got to wash your hands frequently, maintain social distancing, avoid touching your nose, eyes and mouth. And if you have a fever, either stay home or if it gets really bad, go to the doctors. Basically, there has to be a happy middle ground between the two approaches of either bleaching your butthole every time you do a shit, just in case your dookie got the rona, or just walking around saying, look, if I'm in the street, I'll be licking things. <laughs> Um, Australia's having a pretty tough time with this uh, this whole affair. In classic Australian style, we're still very much lagging behind the rest of the world in terms of staying up to date with the crisis. We still don't have the new series of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. We're still wearing Patagonia t-shirts everywhere, and we have a lax attitude towards <laughs> pandemic pre- prevention. So we are still throwing shrimps on the barbie without washing our hands. We are still having barbies. We're still getting very close to each other's faces and bragging about the size of our various knives. It's chaos over here, Andy. It's no good. <laughs> but it is quite hard to practice social distancing when your country is the result of a certain other country setting up an island f-ing prison. Okay, let me out, Andy. 
<laughs> I'm stuck in here with Olivia Newton-John and I saw her coughing the other day. Let me out. <laughs> the Australian government has banned all public gatherings of 100 people or more and today they announced that any mass gathering with less than 100 people must comply with an indoor limit of one person for every four square metres, okay? So if you've got a room that's 100 square metres and the Prime Minister was talking about this today, you can have 25 people in that room. Uh, the news has outraged everybody except the claustrophobic sex dungeon industry who welcomed the news <laughs> and invited all Australians to support their local businesses and opportunities for you to masturbate while looking at other people masturbating in large school gymnasiums. Okay, those businesses are really hurting and they need us right now. And I want to get that message out, Andy. It's okay to have a wank in a gym as long as the adequate spacing specifications are met. <laughs> the national airline Qantas has stopped all international flights and despite receiving a stimulus package of $750 million from the government to help them bail out, Qantas will still be standing down 30,000 employees and asking them to take unpaid leave. The current CEO of Qantas, Alan Joyce, is currently paid $23.9 million per year. In other news, the Communist Manifesto was written by Karl Marx and Frederick Engels in late 1847 <laughs> and is an inspiring call to arms to workers from across the world to recognise their power, rise up and fight for a more just and decent world in which evil, greedy, dim and lizard executives can no longer ruthlessly exploit the working class for profit and all basic human material needs are met. But that's just another news story. <laughs> by the by. <laughs> <laughs> the casinos are still open, though. These coincidences. <laughs> Uh, the casinos are still staying open. You'll be pleased to hear they're shutting down everything. But in in Melbourne, uh, Victoria Crown Casino and in Perth, the Crown is permitted to run its gaming room with every second poker machine turned off. In New South Wales and Queensland, Star Entertainment is restricting the opening hours of its gaming rooms to stem the spread, the spread of the virus, with its three casinos shuttered for four hours every morning to enable a comprehensive cleaning process. And the Victorian Premier has described Crown Casino as occupying a unique place in Victorian society. And unique it is, Andy, a place where destitute elderly people gather to listen to Michael Bublé and frit away their very last savings, gambling both their money and their lives on every pull of a lever or touch of a sweaty, oily butt. Crown Casino, if you're going to hell, come stop by here and get a taste of it first. <laughs> so the Australian response time has been to sort of do f*** all. Pretty much. There's been a bit of talk about school closures um, in Australia, but that's still a live debate. I think it'd be a shame to shut them down. We only just got schools in Australia. Um <laughs> Prior to 2017, Australian children were educated exclusively by being shown episodes of Skippy or being taught the alphabet through a range of drinking songs. Now we've got the big old bloody fancy La La schools and the bloody f***ing eggheads want to shut them down because Mr. Xi Jinping f***ed a bat or some bullshit bloody rot. Struth! <laughs> I think that's the most Australian sentence ever uttered. <laughs> Well, it's uh, very easy to get overwhelmed by the uh, um, suffusive gloom, uh, but there's always positives to take. We might not have sport anymore, but the eternal lesson of sport is that no matter how bad things are, you can at least pretend to take some positives from a disastrous situation. <laughs> So, uh, what, what are you, uh, uh, Nish and Tom? What, what, what positives are you are you taking from the 
the, the current mayhem. I think there are positives for you, Andy. John Oliver isn't allowed to have an audience yep. anymore, so now he's just in a room by himself spouting <laughs> bullshit about the news with no one laughing. It's just like the old days on the Bugle. <laughs> Um, all horse racing has been suspended from Wednesday until the end of April. No horse racing. Good luck getting them back on board the whole getting flogged while carrying little men down a racetrack and if you fall down, we'll shoot you in the head thing. I think that's done for good. Um, I think the Queen has been very inspiring. I've liked her. She said this is a time for all of Britain what? to come together for the common good and, you know, she says her family stand ready to play a part. I must say, this is a very positive turn of events for Prince Andrew. I think he really must be pretty stoked right now. <laughs> He's been the focus of a lot of social distancing of late, but I think he's, you know, really had this whole thing take the heat of him. So congratulations, Andrew. Uh, the positives for me, Andy, are that, you know, I'm learning a lot about... Um, I feel like I'm learning a lot of uh, valuable life lessons from our government. Um, the fact that they've uh, just done nothing and sort of gently encouraged people. And uh, Guta Hari, who's a former director of communications to Boris Johnson uh, on Newsnight, uh, BBC News show yesterday, said, uh, we're grown-ups, and like any parent, you don't tell your child to do a certain thing because daddy said so. You try and persuade them. And that has fundamentally reshaped my understanding of the entire state, Andy. We don't have laws about preventing murder. We just lightly discourage people from murdering. That's how we do it. Completely changed my understanding of how the state works. Yeah, well, that, Nish, that is, that is certainly how the state works when it comes to corporate taxation. You've just got to encourage them to do it. Eventually. Just got, Daddy just has to say... Two corporations, please can you pay the absolute bare minimum? <laughs> so, for example, in times of major crisis, like, say, a global pandemic, the state might not be immediately at breaking point. <laughs> it's easy to say that with hindsight or foresight or any <laughs> cranial activity. <laughs> it's easy to say that with sight, okay? Sight is 2020, unless it's not, and then it has to be assisted by glasses. But at the end of the day, Daddy tells us what to do, and so we do it. Um, I, I see this positive that, you know, clearly mayhem around the world. A billion children having their education disrupted. Pretty much every country affected. Economic chaos, widespread human devastation, streets deserted, and in essence an entire planet put on hold, genuinely reassessing how it conducts itself. So this is my minor positive. F*** you terrorists, you have been owned, you have been owned by a tiny little virus, everything you dreamed of for decades, this tiddly little spiky ass virus has ticked off in little over two months, you useless pieces of shit. <laughs> well, on that, um, <laughs> ISIS actually imposed a travel ban on its followers. <laughs> Did you see that? ISIS advised its followers to not travel to Europe uh, for fear of contracting coronavirus. Andy, I never thought I would find myself saying this, and I would appreciate if nobody could clip this and take it out of context. Nish, ISIS no, that's not going to happen. Is better than the British government. <laughs> <laughs> on tackling the coronavirus, and only on that, ISIS has taken a more proactive stand than the British government. Do you government. think um, suicide bombers are just going to start shaking people's hands a lot more now rather than going the whole lot? <laughs> Everyone's just yeah. going in for a high five. Hello, Akbar, high five. 
I mean, the thing that surprised me more than anything else is that uh, ISIS called on its militants to stay away from the land of the epidemic. Uh, and it did that in its group newsletter. Now, that was a surprise to me, that ISIS has a male chimp. It's just, it's just not the sort of thing... It's just not the sort of thing... Hey, guys, uh, just in case this went into your spam, resending... We'll get to the ISIS newsletter in a minute, but, you know, Squarespace is a great way to build <laughs> your website. <laughs> hey, and don't forget to yeah. donate to our Patreon for more hot ISIS content. I think it's great news for, um, you know, for the British people as well. The British government has called for Britons to end all non-essential contact, uh, or as British people call it, contact. <laughs> and ending all touching, that's obviously terrible news for most people in the world. It's great news for the Me Too movement, I think. You know, finally we've got to a place that we're hoping for, and if a global horrifying death plague is what it takes to stop men being all creepy and shit and smelling your hair and licking your ear, so be it! <laughs> I, I think this is political correctness gone mad. This is exactly what the feminazis have wanted from the beginning. Are you happy now, feminazis? We can't even touch ourselves for fear of spreading the rona to our own deeds. I got me too by my own face. This is brutal. <laughs> In other non-virus news, well, the virus has taken over news so much that non-virus news has barely been uh, ha- happening, um, and um, it's probably a great time for governments to sneak through some stuff that they really don't want people noticing. Um, Nish, we don't have much time for non-virus news here on The Bugle because we are a news organisation and therefore it's just virus, but what has been happening that isn't virus? Well, look, Andy, if you, if you see the virus as a crisis, you have to, following the uh, ancient Chinese proverb, also see it as a huge opportunity to dump some <laughs> compromising stories about yourself. Uh, the UK government uh, has, has uh, leaked out uh, the start of a phase that's going to result in the release of a report into the Windrush scandal... Um, which uh, has recommended wholesale reform of a, a reckless home office. Now, that is not the R word I would use to describe the UK's home office behind the hostile <laughs> environment immigration policy. And that R word is, of course, really mean. It's, they're really mean, guys. And uh, it's not it's not ideal that they uh, deported people uh, who were born and who lived in this country and who'd made it their homes and uh, were booted out as a culmination of the hostile environment policy. And, you know, it really is. They've argued that uh, Windrush was able to happen because officials had a poor understanding of Britain's colonial history. Again, not the words I would use uh, to describe our understanding of our own colonial history. (laughs) The poor understanding is at best a generous remark. Uh, I would use the phrase... (laughs) call understanding of our colonial history, which enables us to say things like this. Hey, Tom, you Australians really f***ed over the Aborigines, didn't you? You Australians. You Australians that had nothing to do with us really f***ed over and destroyed the lives of the indigenous population. That was you guys. You guys did it. Anyway, back to our glorious empire. The sun never set on us. God save the Queen. Britain forever. The uh, Victorian state government, uh, during the midst of the Corona Crisis... <laughs> just suddenly lifted the moratorium on fracking. Just thought they'd whack that out there, too. Why not? <laughs> now, f*** 
thing, if you don't know, is like giving the Earth coronavirus. <laughs> so they're really, obviously, like this is just a generally PSA. Keep your f***ing eye out at the kind of insane shit that your batshit governments are doing all across the world, friends, because they will sneak through nuking babies with hooping cough or some shit they'll try and get something out there over the course of the next couple of weeks we must remain vigilant and we must write jokes about them for the bugle with Andy Zaltzman <laughs> that's what we are a valuable public service never forget yes. that please take my children at school <laughs> <laughs> this this whole podcast has just been a desperate attempt for you to try and get some peace with your own kids. <laughs> Uh, do keep listening to uh, to The Bugle, uh, and of course The Bugle's uh, spin-off sister show, The Last Post, uh, starring today none other than Chris himself. Is that, that, that is correct, is it not? Yeah, I, uh, I, I shame myself by uh, making the joke about wanking into the Thames. I can only apologise. <laughs> well, given what we've just heard in today's show, you, if anything, you're raising the tone of this franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nish, uh, Tom, thank you very much uh, for <laughs> joining us. Um, well, see you soon, probably on a little screen, I would imagine. Nice knowing you, yeah. Andy. <laughs> Good luck, Buglers. Godspeed to you all. Goodbye. We again. again. Imagine all the people <laughs> just <laughs> living for today. <laughs> Thank you for listening, Buglers. We will now play you out with some lies about our premium-level voluntary subscribers. To join them and keep the Bugle fully functioning and fully free, go to thebuglepodcast.com and click the donate Rebecca Mitchell and Zach Windler, who have not otherwise met than in this lie, once had a long conversation with the rock band Guns N' Roses when they found themselves all stuck in a broken cable car gondola for half an hour whilst a mechanic tried to find the right spanner. Rebecca claimed that Thomas Edison invented the basketball but didn't have anything to throw it in, so just chucked it in a bin he kept on a high shelf in his study and forgot about it. Zach added that Edison's assistant, whom he claimed was called Hoopy Backboard, found it the following morning and promptly invented the now popular sport. The rock band, suitably distracted, did not at any point in the half-hour delay sing their hit song Sweet Child of Mine, which to both Rebecca and Zach constituted Mission Accomplished. Elizabeth Beverly is still intermittently harrowed to the core of her soul by the memory of a heated conversation in another cable car journey which she overheard between a high-ranking executive from a prominent fast food chain and a Belgian movie mogul on the ethics of eating Smurf meat during a food shortage. I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer, recalls Elizabeth, but it was unquestionably a most unsettling chat. Jason B. Standing remains hopeful that Microsoft, the celebrity technology company, will at some point release a stained glass version of its Windows operating system. I think it would look lovely and be easier on the eyeballs for people who work long hours at computer screens, says Jason. Joan Russick chirps in with a rumour she's heard that Microsoft's original operating system was in fact developed by Bill Gates and a software boffin by the name of Trevard Glass. Unable to decide what to call their new product, they averaged out Gates and Glass, which of course equals Windows. That's what Jonah's heard anyway. 
Here endeth this week's lies. Goodbye. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you you, you must be so excited. Listen now. <laughs>